أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله we reached this Mubarak twelfth uh, night of Ramadan uh, one of the ayat that was read, at least in the Taraweeh uh, prayer that I'm attending, uh, was from the Surah Al-Anbiya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ كَتَبْنَا فِي الزَّبُورِ مِنْ بَعْدِ الذِّكْرِ أَنَّ الْأَرْضَ يَرِثُهَا عِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحُونَ إِنَّ فِي هَذَا لَبَلَاغًا لِقَوْمٍ عَابِدِينَ وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ Allah ta'ala says that we had decreed uh, uh, in the in the Zabur, the Psalms which were revealed to Sayyidina Dawood alayhi uh, salam uh, after uh, 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 the Dhikr, which is the revelation of the Torah, that the land will be uh, inherited by my uh, uh, by my uh, slaves and my worshippers uh, that are that are salihun. Salah means un, unbroken, unspoiled, the ones that work the way they're supposed to. So we translate a, a rajul salih as like a righteous person. But the point of salah is what? Is that it's a person who everyone, Allah Ta'ala has uh, created them. And Allah is the master and the creation is Allah's slave. And when a slave is broken, he's mufsad, he's spoiled. He no longer obeys the master. He no, no longer performs his function. Properly, so Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said, uh, and He uh, commemorated after giving the stories of the the prophets alayhi wasallam uh, that this is a, a promise uh, and a decree that He informed the creation of in the Torah and in the Psalms that the land will be uh, uh, inherited by my righteous slaves. Uh, what does that mean? And this is uh, something that I think we need to. We need to understand because Muslims have an idea and it's actually part of our aqidah that every generation will be more uh, uh, more ruined and more spoiled than the generation before us. But that doesn't mean that this uh, precept that the, uh, uh, the land will be inherited by the righteous slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is incorrect. Rather, always, the people of taqwa, the people of God-fearingness, they're the ones who will win in the end. Uh, and that is for individuals correct in the hereafter as well as for the ummah. But it's also correct for the ummah in this world as well. Certain individuals may or may not uh, see victory, but this ummah will always see victory as long as people are people of salah. They're not broken people or they're not ruined people. They're not people who are mischief makers uh, in the earth. And this is a promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just because every generation will be, uh, uh, will be less righteous than the generation that came before it, it doesn't mean that this promise isn't true. That the people of righteousness will always win. But why is it that they'll always win? In this world, one of the decrees that Allah Ta'ala made is that those people who plan for tomorrow will do well tomorrow. And those people who don't, it's a toss-up. They may do well, they may do poorly. And the person who makes a bad plan, 
uh, a plan that will necessarily uh, cause some sort of harm to themselves or to others, that harm will be realized tomorrow. Uh, there are exceptions uh, to the rule, but the exception uh, doesn't do anything except for prove the rule uh, is the rule itself. And we don't fixate on exceptions, rather we try to learn something from the rule. And the rule is what if you live properly, if you take care of one another, if you're kind to one another, if you trust uh, one another, if you don't cheat one, one another, that you will necessarily have a a, a unit, uh, whether it be a, an individual or a family unit or a, a community or a neighborhood or a city or a, a county or a state or a country or a world, you'll necessarily have one that is successful. And part of the kind of nonsense and bakwas propaganda of modernism is that uh, somehow it is very rational and objective and religion is somehow uh, something that's uh, like a fairy tale made up, whatever. Well, look, we follow religion. Our religion is the most religious. It is the deen. Allah Ta'ala literally refers to it as the deen. And when people come after religion, they say that Islam is the one that they're going to come after first. The communists always come after the Muslims. Whoever hates deen nowadays, they don't come after Christianity. Christianity has been a joke in its own civilization for 200 years or more. They come after what? They come after Islam. Even haters... Uh, non-Muslim haters, they come after Islam first. Even the religious people come after Islam first. Why? Because they know that Islam is a very viable alternative to their belief system and their way of life. Why? Because Islam is not a bucket of mythology. Rather, a bucket of mythology is believing that there are like whatever, uh, 57 genders each with their own sets of pronouns. That's not viable. That has no future. Um, you know, having a, a society that's driven around people indulging themselves, that's not viable. There's nothing, nothing good is going to come out, out of that. It's something that you enjoy for some time and you do the math, you know the hisab in the future, it's, it's not going to really pan out. What did Allah Ta'ala say? He said, وَلَقَدْ كَتَبْنَا فِي الزَّبُورِ مِنْ بَعْدِ الذِّكْرِ أَنَّ الْأَرْضَ يَرِثُهَا عِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحُونَ Allah Ta'ala made this decree and He informed uh, the prophets والسلام, of this decree and the umam of this decree, those that came before us in our ummah as well, that this uh, earth, that this world will be inherited by uh, God's uh, righteous uh, and functional, uh, functioning slaves. Inna fi hada la balagh, la abidin. So in this is a balagh. What is balagh? It's what gets you to the next level, right? It's you, what's sufficient for you. It's what benefits you. That this promise, Allah Ta'ala reminded us of it, that you're not, you know, the things that you do to tire yourself out, you're fasting when other people are not fasting, you're not engaging in uh, uh, illicit relationships with people that are only going to degrade yourself and degrade others. You're not engaging in uh, illicit ways of making money that are harming yourself and harming others. You're not going to uh, engage in those activities which harm you. Watching those things with your eyes, which completely like you know, uh, shatter your the, the the integrity of your soul, they completely uh, poison the the health of your heart. Not listening to those things that do those things. Sometimes it becomes tedious because a human being doesn't want to be the one that goes against the grain. The problem is this: yes, there's discomfort in going against the grain, but there's also discomfort in completely destroying yourself, your family, your you know people, 
uh, in this world and then doing the same thing, repeating the same thing in an even more tragic fashion in the hereafter. Indeed, in this promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is a balagh, there is, there is a, a kifaya and a manfa'a for the, 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 those people. There's sufficiency and there is a benefit uh, for those who worship Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala says then, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ We didn't send you, uh, O Muhammad والسلام, except for as a mercy uh, uh, for all of the world. Now this ayah is quoted, why? When it's time to have a mawlid and everybody is going to wave the flag and show how much they love the Prophet وسلم, and mashallah they do. But it's also helpful to understand why. The love of the Prophet ﷺ and the celebration of his mercy. I'm not talking about a website. I'm talking about the actual like mercy of the Prophet ﷺ. The celebration of the Rasul ﷺ's mercy and the happiness and the love of it has to do with what? It has to do with the understanding that only in following his sunnah ﷺ are you going to be from the salihin. And only from that are you going to inherit the earth after its people after after the facade that happens that every generation will have its Fir'aun, every generation will have its Abu Jahl, every generation will have its Hitlers and its Stalins and its Maos and all these crazy messed up people. And some of them we can mention, some of them it's politically right now not viable for us to mention them and something that's recording and posted to the internet. But the people who have some understanding will understand what and who those people are. That after all of that, you're going to win. They're all insurmountable odds. But with the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, with this message of wahi, and with the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, was a superlative uh, 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 iteration of that mercy. That's how you get the balagh. That's how you make it to the next level. And if you're going to wave the flag and sing the songs, but you're not going to put the sunnah in your life. It's an inconvenience for you to put the sunnah in your life, whether it's a large thing which is forgiving your enemies and forgiving uh, uh, those people who, who harmed you, uh, or it's something, you know, a difficult thing like sharing your money with other people uh, that, that have need for it, or, you know, paying for those things that the society needs that other people are going to benefit from, uh, for taking care of your relatives, taking care of your parents when you don't want to. Those are big things. Whether it's something small like pulling the cuff of your trouser above your ankle or growing your beard, um, those are easy things to do. If a person doesn't want to do any of those things and they're just going to wave the flag out afterward and say that, oh, look, rahmatul lil alameen, that's not, that's, 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 I mean, there's still khair in it. I'm not going to say there's no khair in it, but you're kind of missing the big picture which is spelled out for you. And so a person who says, well, you know, like the entire zamana, the entire age is fasid and it's mischief and it's spoiled and we can only wait until uh, uh, the Imam Mahdi comes or whatever. The, the Quran itself says what? If you're from the Salihin, you'll win. As an individual, you'll be a good individual. As a family, if you're from the Salihin, you'll be a good family. You'll be strong. You'll be powerful. You know, Jim is going to marry his boyfriend and you're going to have, you know, uh, 12 kids. And uh, guess what? Jim's house, his boyfriend's house, no matter how wealthy they are, in 100 years, they're not going to be around. Your kids are going to be working and living in the houses that they work to build. Literally, they'll be the heirs of, 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 of all of the wealth that they, they gathered together. Uh, you know, but you have to you have to be from the salihin uh, in order to do that. And even even the yom al qiyamah, people say, well, then if that's the case, then how's the yom al qiyamah going to happen? The last uh, act of the normal course of human 
existence in human society is what? Is that after the Dajjal comes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala literally sends Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam. This is our, this is our aqidah. He'll send Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam who will, who will abrogate the deen of the Yahud and the deen of the Nasara. Uh, 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 to, the po- to, the point, to the point where even all of them are going to accept Islam and accept the deen. And he will rule. Islam will be established. He'll rule. And then after him, his successor will rule. It comes in the Athar that it will be a person by the name of Muqad for some set number of years. He'll rule and things will be just fine like they were during the life and reign of Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam. And then after that, what will happen? Uh, uh, a wind will come and it will take the souls of all the righteous people. And then no one be, will be left in the earth except for people who are completely, uh, who, there's no good in them at all. They turn left, right, forward, front, back, up, down, rich, poor. N- no good will ever come from them. And those are the people on whose heads the Yawm Al-Qiyamah will be established. So what does this mean? Nobody, unless you're one of those people who's left behind, nobody has the right to give up hope and say that there's uh, nothing good that we can do in the future. Rather, still the promise of inheriting the, 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 the land is still there, like it was there for Banu Israel, uh, uh, those who fought uh, uh, after Sayyidina Musa and Sayyidina Harun alayhi salam, uh, Sayyidina Dawood, Sayyidina Sulaiman alayhi salam. It's still there, that promise is still there. Allah Ta'ala said that, you know, uh, that, that there was one ta'ifa, one group of people who believed in Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam. Even though they believed incorrectly, but at least they cast their lot in with him. And there was one group that cast their lot against him. And so Allah Ta'ala says that we gave victory to the ones that cast their lot in with him until, uh, over their uh, antagonists until the Day of Judgment. That ta'yid is still there. And it is unbecoming of a believer to work themselves in some sort of depression and some sort of defeatist mentality that, uh, oh, well, you know, this is not going to all get uh, sorted out until the Imam Mahdi comes and whatever. And it's, you know... It's, you know, too much for us to reverse any of this thing. And, oh, my God, there's like, you know, all these people who uh, are marrying their boyfriend and somehow, you know, they're going to overwhelm us or whatever. Or whatever other weird thing it is. You know, like all these people believe in riba. People are so uh, are so impressed with, like, the capitalist system and billion dollars went here and a billion dollars went there. It's all hocus pocus, alamogocus. That amount of money doesn't even exist. It's all iman that people have inside of their hearts. My father is very fond of saying that, the, that when he came to America, the dollar had an extra line on it. This said the, something like the bearer of this note you know, can present it in exchange for gold or whatever. It was a gold certificate. And he said Nixon took it off of the, took it off of the, uh, off of the uh, currency, the, the U.S. dollar. Since then, the entire dollar functions on iman. And you tell me that, that, that God is an imaginary friend of ours. God is a rational necessity for the existence of the universe. This dollar, this is your imaginary friend. The billions of dollars, you think, oh, man, there's so much this and that put into, uh, you know, going against Islam and going against this and going against that and we'll never be able to overwhelm it. And none of it exists. You guys all know none of it exists. Uh, this is the reality is what? Is that Allah Ta'ala gave us His promise. Allah Ta'ala gave us this promise, this balagh uh, for the people who worship Him. That uh, the, 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 the earth will be inherited by uh, Allah Ta'ala's uh, uh, righteous uh, uh, slaves. And uh, Allah Ta'ala, when He sent His Messenger وسلم, as a mercy, the mercy is what? Is that there will be people who will implement that righteousness in their lives and Allah will give them victory over the corrupt and the wicked. 
And so, uh, mashallah, even the weak sauce who are like just waving the flag afterward, as long as you say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, you'll get some benefit out of it, inshallah. But it should be clear to people which thing is the, the maqsood, which thing is the thing that we're supposed to be doing, which is what? Follow, implement the sunnah in your life, have some uh, faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that no matter how many uh, billions of dollars and pounds and euros and bitcoins and Ethereum and whatever other things that Mashallah uh, Bahai Wasim is uh, uh, you know selling or buying right now, whatever it is, it's it's not it's not going to overwhelm this promise. This promise is built on very solid fundamentals, and it re- remains valid until the day of judgment. So don't 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 give up hope and don't let Shaitan defeat you inside your heart. Shaitan, don't let don't let the kufr defeat you inside of your heart. There's no army that can come inside of your heart. There's no. Uh, um, you know, they can't waterboard the inside of your heart. They can definitely waterboard your face. Uh, uh, they can definitely torture your body. Uh, they can definitely uh, freeze your bank accounts and revoke your citizenship and do all sorts of, put you in a concentration. We can't do that inside the heart. That's the one place where everyone is undefeatable. That's the one place where all of, everyone's Rocky, mashallah, everyone's a champ. Uh, nobody can nobody can can harm you in there so don't let them don't let them defeat you there uh, whatever happens on the outside happens and the promise of Allah ta'ala is true though that if we if we as a ummah if we return to salah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us more this is one of the reasons that we I, I like reading uh, books like this and reading about the uh, um, the the seerah of the mashaykh in the past who saw a really messed up situation and said, let's do this. And they, they, they made a lot of khair out of it. They fixed it and they made a lot of good uh, uh, come out of that situation. Creating something from nothing is something only Allah Ta'ala can do. Uh, and so it is a, a really miraculous thing to, uh, to witness. So we continue, inshallah, with uh, the, the, the story of the life of uh, the Shaykh Iz uh, ibn Abdus Salam, rahimahullah ta'ala. And so Mawana Abu Hassan Ali Nadwi uh, gives the uh, subheading the courage of Izzuddin. Al Malik al Ashraf was succeeded by Salih Ismail. Uh, Malik al Ashraf was the one uh, who uh, Izzuddin ibn Abdul Salam gave him uh, advice, uh, we mentioned in the last reading. But he was su- succeeded by Salih Ismail, who sought the help of the Crusaders against the impending danger of invasion from Egypt. <laughs> Meaning what? They, the Ayubis ruled Egypt and they ruled Syria. And so they were fighting with each other. And so the, the brother or cousin from, uh, or uncle from Egypt was going to uh, invade. And so he sought aid from uh, the crusaders uh, in order to protect himself. In lieu of the aid promised by the uh, uh, crusaders uh, in the city, uh, city of Saida. Saida is uh, uh, the city in Lebanon, Sidon. And it was a crusader stronghold for quite some time. Uh, 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 Thaqif and a few other uh, forts were ceded to them. They just gave it to, to the crusaders in exchange, for, in exchange for the promise of protection. The friendly relations thus established by Saleh Ismail encouraged the crusaders to purchase arms and ammunition from Muslim traders in Damascus. Izzuddin deprecated these deals as the arms purchased by the crusaders were likely to be used against Muslims and therefore when the arms dealers asked for his legal opinion, his fatwa on the matter, he advised that all such bargains were prohibited in the sharia. Uh, this was not all. Uh, Izzuddin gave up benedictions for the king in Friday sermons and started invoking the wrath of God uh, on the enemies of Islam. Uh, this matter was brought to the notice of the king who ordered uh, him imprisoned after some time. 
he was uh, transferred to Jerusalem uh, 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 from his Damascus jail. It's one of the things you got to love about the, the old school translation. It spells jail, uh, G-A-O-L. It's the old, like, archaic spelling. Mashallah. I mean, like, to stop reading reading the name of the... To stop reading the name of the king in your khutbahs is basically uh, an automatic prison sentence in most uh, Muslim countries, again, uh, to this day. And uh, Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala, have mercy on our people. There's a time that the ulama used to speak up. Now all the khutbahs are completely stranglehold, uh, holded in most Muslim countries. This is one thing, mashallah, we should be proud of in the Indian subcontinent, no matter how thing, bad things get. Our mashayikh still say what they need to say at Jum'ah. Otherwise, there are most of the countries in the Muslim world they're not they're not allowed to do that, or if they do do it, uh, they will uh, they'll end up in in prison, and nobody will come to their aid. Uh, uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala have mercy on this ummah. In the meantime, Salih Ismail, along with his allies, Al Malik Al Mansur, uh, the King of Hims, and a few uh, uh, Christian Crusader monarchs converged at Jerusalem with the intention of invading Egypt. Although Salih Ismail had Imprisoned Izzuddin, he was feeling guilty in his heart of hearts and wanted to set him free, provided that Izzuddin was prepared to give him an excuse for the same. He therefore gave his handkerchief to one of his trusted counselors with the instruction that he should present it to Izzuddin and tell him courteously that if he so desired, his previous position would be restored. Uh, the counselor was also directed to present Izzuddin before the king in case he agreed to the suggestion. Uh, with the highest respect, otherwise to imprison him in a tent beside the king. So he wanted him to uh, uh, to kind of come to heel, and he was just going to lighten the bargain, but still to come to heel. The counselor did what he had been commissioned, paid his compliments and related admiration of the king for the sheikh, then said, everything will be set right and your previous position will be restored in no time if you just kiss the hands of the king and show courtesy to him. I think, mashallah, whether people have read this or not, given that Molana wrote about him in the book, you can probably anticipate what the the outcome of the story was. Molana continues, he says, History can perhaps offer few such striking examples of fearless expression. For Izzuddin replied, What a fool you are. You expect me to kiss the hands of the king while I would not like my own hands to be kissed by him. My friends, you are living in a world other than that of mine. Praise be to Allah that I am not a prey to the temptations which have captured your soul. The counselor then told him in that case he had orders to imprison him again. The sheikh was accordingly placed under confinement in a tent beside the kings who heard him daily reciting the Quran. The king once uh, one day told his Christian ally that the person who he heard reciting the Quran was at the moment the chief pontiff of the Muslims but he had been divested of his post and honors and kept under confinement because of his opposition to the cessation of cities and forts to the crusaders. The Christian monarch, however, replied that if he were to have such a man as his bishop, he would have felt honored to sit at his feet. That true virtue is the, the thing that is attested to by one's enemies. Shortly thereafter, Saleh Ismail was defeated and killed in an encounter with the Egyptian forces and Izzuddin was honorably taken to Egypt. While on his way to Egypt, Izzuddin passed through the principality of Karak, uh, which is now in modern-day Jordan. When the governor requested Izzuddin to settle in Karak, he replied, "This uh, small city of yours is not uh, does not benefit is not uh, befitting of my learning." Izzuddin in Egypt, 
Izzuddin was received by the then Sultan of Egypt, Al Malik al Salih, Najmuddin Ayyub, with great reverence and honor. Uh, he was uh, appointed Khatib in the Masjid of Amr bin As as well as the Qadi of Egypt. The Masjid of Amr bin As, radiallahu ta'ala, who is uh, like the, the, the first Jami' Masjid of, uh, of Egypt. Uh, Sayyidina Amr bin As who was the general who was the architect of the conquest of Egypt and to this day I'm told mashallah that uh, to pray taraweeh over there requires getting to the masjid sometime before Asr and uh, uh, mashallah the Egyptians they, they love the Quran uh, they really love the Quran a lot that's why they produce some of the best reciters in the world and uh, they they have taraweeh, uh, a very long taraweeh over there. It's not like us, like we try to get through it, mashallah. We mentioned the, the some of the fadail of the uh, India and Pakistan, mashallah. Um, not doing it like excessively speedy taraweeh, unfortunately, is not always one of those fadail. <laughs> so the Egyptians like to listen in that place. So it's a very prestigious place. It's a very Mubarak place, mashallah, that he was given the khitab of. And he was also made the Grand Qadi of Egypt. He was also entrusted with the task of looking after the rehabilitation of deserted mosques and the professorship of Shafi'i jurisprudence in the Madrasa Salihiyah, which was founded by the king. The fearlessness of Izzuddin, a man by the name of Fakhruddin Uthman, who as an attendant uh, of the palace had come to wield great influence over the king. This man got a drum house constructed over the roof of a masjid. When Izzuddin came to know of it, he ordered the structure of the drum house to be pulled down. He declared Fakhruddin Uthman as an unreliable witness, mimic his adala saqita, uh, for the purposes of tendering evidence in a court of law, and also resigned from the uh, post of Chief Justice as a mark of protest against the blasphemous action of Fakhruddin Uthman. Izzuddin continued to enjoy the esteem of the king, who, however, did not consider it prudent to oppose uh, to appoint Izzuddin as Grand Qadi for a second time. Notwithstanding this decision of the king, juristic opinions tendered by Izzuddin were acted upon with the same respect as before. During this period, Al-Malik Salih Najmuddin Ayyub uh, sent an embassy to the court of the Khalifa in Baghdad. When the Egyptian envoy was presented before the Khalifa, he inquired of the envoy if the Sultan of Egypt himself had commissioned him to convey the message. On being told that he had been uh, charged to convey the message by Fakhruddin Uthman on behalf of the Sultan, the Khalifa replied, since Fakhruddin Uthman had been declared an unreliable witness by Izzuddin, no credence could be placed on the message conveyed through him. The envoy had to return to Egypt and obtain the orders of the Sultan afresh. Meaning as a scholar, he was renowned even in Iraq, a place that, that uh, he, he, he had no influence or whatever, but the Muslims already knew about him and his piety, and they, uh, they basically uh, shut down and blocked out uh, uh, Fakhruddin Uthman uh, from carrying the message of the king. There is yet another incident which bespeaks of Izzuddin's fearlessness. The Sultan who was holding uh, Darbar, he literally wrote Darbar, he's holding court uh, on the occasion of Eid, was seated on a throne uh, in a large reception hall with the princes and chiefs of state ranged on his right and the courtiers and dignitaries uh, on the left. In front of the Sultan stood uh, all the people entitled to enter and salute the sovereign when a voice was suddenly heard addressing the Sultan by his first name. Ayyub, what would be your reply before God when he would ask you whether the kingdom of Egypt was given to you so that you should openly indulge in drinking bouts uh, and that you should enjoy public receptions 
Uh, it is, blurted out the Sultan, who was taken aback. Is it a fact? Yes, came the reply from Izzuddin. Wine is being freely sold and consumed in the city while people indulge in other vices too. Surprised as the Sultan was, he replied, but it's not my fault, sire, for it has been happening from the time of my father uh, and the time he held reins in this kingdom. Then you are one of those, admonished Izzuddin, who say uh, that we found our fathers acting on this uh, manner. The Sultan immediately gave orders to stop the sale of wine in his realm. While returning from the court, one of the pupils of Izzuddin asked why he had raised a question on that occasion. Izzuddin replied, when I saw the Sultan surrounded by uh, that pomp and show, I thought he, him, he himself might give heirs and become a, a slave to his baser self. Meaning he was afraid that he was himself going to get drunk at that occasion. Uh, and, uh, uh, he says that I therefore thought it necessary to admonish him publicly. But uh, were you not seized with fright, demanded the disciple further. Oh no, replied Izzuddin, I was much seized by the awe and glory of Allah, uh, the Almighty, that the Sultan appeared to me meek as a cat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our eyes and fill them with the light of his awe and his glory and make the little cellar rats and little scurrying furry creatures of this dunya uh, uh, look to us as powerless uh, as they actually are. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us first the boldness to rectify ourselves before going around and smashing other people's uh, wine cellars. Uh, Allah Ta'ala give us the, the, the tawfiq to rectify ourselves and that uh, we should as individuals and as a community rectify ourselves and then Allah Ta'ala use that rectification and that salah as a balagh uh, uh, for the qawm of abidin for those people who worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala may Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala use us also to be a branch from the rahmah that Allah Ta'ala sent when he sent the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that we should also be one footnote in the uh, book of the mercies that Allah Ta'ala sent down on the worlds through him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa sallamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh